Section 22 of Guelphs and Ghibellines by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 15. John Galeazzo Visconti, Ladislauf, the Council of Pisa, Part 2. In the season of her lowest abasement, Florence had again reason to hope for the advent of a deliverer from beyond the Alps. The Emperor Wenzel, or Wenceslaus, was the son of the Emperor Charles IV. He had been nominated King of Bohemia at the age of two, and when he was crowned King of Germany at Aix-la-Chapelle in 1376, he was only fifteen years of age and already married. In character he was nothing better than a drunken sot, a sad falling off from the chivalrous virtues of his grandfather John and his great-grandfather Henry. He was sunk in idleness and debauchery, and was quite unfit to attend to the most necessary business. The princes of Germany had long been discontented. One of their most serious grievances was the creation of an independent duchy of Milan, and the apparent surrender of one of the brightest jewels of the imperial crown. They resolved to depose the unworthy emperor, but the princes of the Rhine first summoned Wenceslas to appear at the castle of Oberlandsbein on August eleventh, fourteen hundred. As might have been anticipated, he did not obey the summons. He was therefore formally deposed nine days later at the solemn place of election Renza. The reasons assigned were that he had not appeased the schism in the churches as he ought to have done that he had dismembered the empire by erecting Milan and Pavia into independent fiefs, that he failed to secure the peace of his dominions, that he took no pains to secure justice, and that he allowed prelates and priests to be tortured and killed. On the following day Rupert III, the Palsgrave or Count Palatine, was raised to the vacant throne. He had already promised to put an end to the papal schism, and to recover the territory of Milan for the empire. Rupert was poor and weak, and his authority was disputed. He was therefore all the more anxious to begin his expedition to Italy as soon as possible, in order that the Pope might crown him at Rome, and thus give his power a stability which it did not now possess. Rupert sent envoys to the Florentines, describing himself as the deadly enemy of John Galeazzo, who had surpassed the enormity of his other crimes by bribing Rupert's physician to poison him at Vienna, the imperial army mustered at Augsburg in September 1401. The Florentines promised a sum of 200,000 florins on the condition that the independence of their town should be respected. From Innsbruck on September 25, 1401, the emperor sent an order to John Galeazzo that he should surrender the imperial prisoners. At Trent, on October 14th, Francesco of Carrara joined the advancing host with a reinforcement of 2,000 cavalry. The whole number of German and Italian troops amounted to 32,000 foot and horse. But these half-disciplined German levies were ill-suited to contend against the scientifically trained armies which fought under the banner of the Visconti, led by veteran Condottieri. The decisive battle was fought at Brescia on October 24th, and resulted in the complete defeat of the emperor. The day was won by the excellence of the Italian cavalry, an arm in which Rupert was deficient 
as he had been obliged to send away five thousand cavalry from innsbruck because he had not enough money to pay them one onslaught was sufficient leopold of austria was taken prisoner the horse of carrara alone held their ground but francesco their commander was so disgusted at the emperor's cowardice that he left him rupert returned disheartened and discredited to trent rupert did not dare to go to germany with the disgrace of this failure upon him he made his way through difficult mountain passes to padua where he was received by his old ally francesco da carrara but the winter was at hand and carrara was soon tired of so troublesome and expensive a guest the florentines were unwilling to incur further risks the visconti were openly contemptuous the pope made it a condition of the coronation that the emperor should not interfere with the matter of the schism supplies of money from italy were failing the debts contracted in germany could not be paid rupert pressed on all sides was at last forced to retire to germany he returned there in april fourteen o two without an army without money and without honour john galeazzo took advantage of the retreat of the emperor to attack bologna which he regarded as a stepping-stone to the possession of florence he sent an army against the bolognese supported by the taxes which he had wrung out of the oppression of his subjects under the command of alberico da barbiano giovanni de bentivogli the lord of bologna allied himself with the houses of padua and florence who knew that their own independence would be lost if bologna should be enslaved the two armies met at casal vecchio on the reno a torrent which flows northward from the apennines to the po on st john's day june twenty fourth fourteen o two the bolognese were entirely defeated the city opened its gates to alberico the people received the representative of the visconti with cries of viva il duca morte al bentevoglio and thus on july tenth fourteen o two john galeazzo became lord of bologna he proceeded immediately to lay siege to florence he offered the towns of feltre and cividale to venice as the price of his recognition as king of italy he went so far as to prepare his crown and royal robes and settled the details of his triumphant entry into florence where he was to be crowned but just as the prize was in his grasp it was dashed away by a more powerful hand he fled from pavia to avoid the plague which was then raging in italy and took refuge at melegnano but the scourge seized him in the midst of his strongholds and he died at the age of fifty-five on september third fourteen o two the death of the duke the great viper as he was called from the cognizance of his coat of arms gave joy to nearly the whole of italy john galeazzo left four sons two legitimate giovanni maria and filippo maria and two illegitimate gabriele maria and giacomo to the first he left with the title of duke of milan como bergamo brescia lodi cremona piacenza parma reggio bologna siena perugia assisi to filippo maria with the title of count of pavia and the possession of that city tortona alessandria navara vercelli casale 
Valenza, Verona, Piacenza, Feltre, Cividale and Belluno, Bassano and the Riviere di Trento. To Gabriele Maria, Pisa, Crema, and perhaps the Lunigiana. As these children were all under age, a council of regency was appointed, of which the Countess Cararina was the head, and the members of which were the principal commanders of the Duke's army, Alberico, Giacomo del Verme, and others. To these were added Pietro da Candia, the learned Archbishop of Milan, who in 1409 was recognized as Pope by the name of Alexander V, and Francesco Barbarossa, the Duke's chamberlain and confidant. The Duke had not considered what discontent and trouble would be caused by associating a domestic servant in his intimate connection with counsellors of higher rank. The death of the Duke was the signal for his enemies to attack. Pope Boniface the Ninth, the Florentines, and the Marquis of Este formed a league against the Visconti and succeeded in attaching Alberico to their side. The elevation of Barbarossa estranged the friends of the Visconti and alienated the people. Ugo Calvocabo became master of Cremona, Benzone of Crema, Rusca of Como, Soardi of Bergamo, Vignoli of Lodi. Brescia, Piacenza, and Babio were distracted with civil war. Peace with the Pope was bought by the sacrifice of Bologna, Perugia, and Assisi. In the midst of their distress, the Duchess determined upon a coup d'etat. In January 1404, she enticed the officers of the Regency into the castle in which she lived, threw them into prison, and beheaded some of them. She then recalled Barbarossa, who had been driven from power in the previous June. This government did not last long. Before the end of the year, the Duchess and her favorite were compelled to fly, and she died of hunger on October 14, 1404. In the general breakup of the Visconti dominions, the lords of the Lombard plain did not neglect their opportunity. Francesco da Carrara, with whom the Duchess had at first intended to make peace, being irritated on account of a breach of faith, laid siege to Verona. Guglielmo della Scala offered to give Vicenza to Carrara if he would assist him in recovering the city of his ancestors. Verona was captured and Guglielmo was restored, but he died on the following day, and Carrara did not escape the suspicion of having poisoned him. These events happened in the spring of 1404, while the Duchess was still in possession of Milan. The only way of safety open to her was to offer those towns to Venice as the price of her assistance. The Republic declared war against Francesco. Vicenza of herself invited the Venetians to her aid and raised the standard of St. Mark. The Venetian armies marched into the territory of Padua. The flight and death of the Duchess made no difference in their operations. Francesco was besieged in his capital, Verona was forced to surrender. The war did not end till November 1405, when Carrara and his sons were compelled to deliver themselves into the hands of Venice. They were received at first with a certain degree of respect, were placed at the right and left hand of the doge, who temperately chided them for their ingratitude. But they were too powerful and too much beloved by their subjects to be allowed to live. On January 6, 1406, 
francesco was strangled in prison after bravely defending himself against his murderers and his two sons not long afterwards suffered the same fate in this way the two great houses of carrara and della scala came to an end their possessions fell into the hands of venice and the banner of saint mark floated over the walls of treviso feltre belluno verona vicenza and padua it is very doubtful whether this large extension of power on the mainland was of any lasting value to the republic from about the first decade of the fifteenth century the history of italy takes a new departure from being a history of separate towns it becomes a history of small states venice laid the foundation of a state upon the mainland the duchy of visconti temporarily overthrown was afterwards consolidated anew by the conquest of pisa in 1406 florence extinguished the liberty of that republic and made the modern tuscany possible a king of naples arose who quelled the dissensions of his realms and made naples once more an important factor in the fortunes of the peninsula his career is so intimately bound up with the history of the papal schism that it will be better now to give an account of both we shall then have reached a point from which we may conveniently look back upon the past and forward to the future pope urban the sixth of the german obedience died on october fifteenth thirteen eighty nine he was succeeded by pietro tomicelli a neapolitan who assumed the title of boniface the ninth a young man thirty years of age he relieved the house of durazzo from the ban which lay upon it and ladisla son of charles durazzo was crowned by his vicar king of naples being at that time a boy of fifteen clement the seventh the pope of the french obedience died on september sixteenth thirteen ninety four the university of paris and the king of france did what they could to hinder the election of a successor but the french cardinals were obstinate it was for their advantage that the schism should continue and their choice fell on pietro da luna a spaniard who took the name of benedict the thirteenth he pretended to be jealous for the unity of the church and made preparations for a conference with boniface and his supporters but it is doubtful whether he really wished for anything of the kind boniface was supported by ladislav and through his assistance he acquired in thirteen ninety eight the dominium or sovereignty of rome being the first pope who had ever been recognized as temporal lord of the eternal city this was another step toward the substitution of small states for independent towns in italy which has been already mentioned the last act of boniface was the war with the visconti by which he gained possession of bologna and perugia he died lord of the states of the church on october first fourteen o four he was a strong man and a born ruler the second founder of the temporal power of the popes after the death of boniface the people of rome rose in tumult the cardinals came together in conclave paralyzed with fear they signed an undertaking that if any of them were elected pope he would abdicate when the interests of the church seemed to require it and then chose as pope another neapolitan cosimo de migliorati who took the title of innocent the seventh his pontificate which lasted two years was very stormy ladislaf who had been to zara to receive the crown of hungary hurried to rome 
as soon as he heard of the death of boniface and reached it on october nineteenth he made a kind of agreement between the roman people and the new pontiff which restored to them something of the self-government which they had lost but this concord only lasted a short time the impetuous nephews of the pope massacred the representatives of the people as they sought to approach the holy father the town rose in tumult the pope was obliged to fly and took refuge at perugia the romans were not more contented with the government of ladislaf than they had been with that of boniface they willingly resigned their independence to the pope's vicar innocent the seventh consented reluctantly to receive their overtures and returned to his palace where after making peace with ladislaf he died quietly on november sixth fourteen o six the fourteen roman cardinals hesitated at first as to whether they should nominate a successor to innocent self-interest however prevailed and they chose a venetian angelo correr having first impressed upon him that he was to do all in his power to put an end to the schism he took the name of gregory the twelfth he was an old man over seventy years of age he agreed to resign his dignity if the spanish pope pietro da luna would do the same the condition of the church was indeed most disastrous all good men desired that the schism should come to an end the rector of the university of paris took the lead in urging a reconciliation and a meeting of the two popes was arranged at savona ladislaf naturally wished to prevent the possible victory of a pope attached to the interests of france but correr set out for the rendezvous ladislaf took advantage of his absence to lay siege to rome and soon becoming master of it made his triumphal entry on april twenty fifth fourteen o eight he was now an incarnation of hope to the weary italians he received ambassadors from various parts of the peninsula and already began to look forward to becoming king of italy and perhaps emperor if ladislaf had not succeeded in conquering rome it is possible that benedict the thirteenth might have seized it by a coup de main and seated himself on the vacant pontifical throne as it was the occupation of rome by a foreign power gave an excuse to both powers to decline the union benedict remained at porte venere gregory at siena and lucca at last the patience of the church was exhausted the cardinals on both sides left their masters and determined to hold a council at pisa which met on march twenty fifth fourteen o nine ladislaf in vain trying to hinder it on june fifth the council of pisa deposed both popes as heretics and schismatics and elected pietro fiolargo an old man of seventy native of candia as pope he took the name of alexander v he was a venetian by origin and a greek by birth there having been no greek pope since john the seventh in the year seven o five the catholic world now possessed three popes benedict the twelfth recognized by aragon and scotland gregory the twelfth obeyed by naples hungary bavaria and the emperor and alexander v the pope of the council but alexander soon received powerful support louis of anjou the pretender to the crown of naples hastened to pisa the florentines and the viennese joined in the league which was formed against ladislaf balthazar cosa the papal legate more powerful than the pope himself 
put himself at the head of the enterprise and the military command was entrusted to malatesta who had as lieutenant under him sforza da tendolo and braccio de mentone two famous condottieri who were soon to fill italy with their quarrels the enterprise was successful town after town surrendered and in january fourteen ten rome did homage to her new master we now stand on the verge of a new era the council of pisa had opened the eyes of the church and shown that the power it possessed was not concentrated in the papal office the council of constance was the immediate successor of the council of pisa and the council of constance points significantly to the german reformation End of section 22. Recording by Pamela Nagami, M.D. in Encino, California, March 2020. End of Guelphs and Ghibellines, A Short History of Medieval Italy from 1250 to 1409 by Oscar Browning.